It has been a full morning already, and, and as I was thinking about that, I just, I love how uh, Jesus is at the center of, of it all, and that, that's our desire, is that as we worship, that Jesus is at the center of our worship. As we send people out to the nations, it's like Jesus is, is worthy of, of the going. You know, as we, as we dedicate these babies, it's, it's, the, it's these families saying, we want Jesus to be at the very center of our home, and, and so even as we continue this morning, morning in the word of God, let it be so that Jesus is exalted. And with me this morning is my beautiful wife, Joy, uh, who is joining me on this Mother's Day. So yes, excited to have her up here. And, uh, and, and this morning, we want to continue uh, something that God has been leading us in over the past several weeks and months and uh, as we respond to re- revival. And we feel like God is pouring out his spirit in new and fresh ways, that there is fresh life and uh, new ways of encountering God that have been really incredible, that have brought breakthrough in, in our community. And we believe that God's continuing to do that today, uh, to bring this, these places Places of, of breakthrough in our hearts and lives by his presence. And so one of the things that we did is made an adjustment a few weeks back in changing some of our sermon series to try to respond to what God was doing. And so we've been talking about stewarding revival in the church. That's been a theme for a little while. Uh, and then over the last few weeks, we've been talking about stewarding personal revival. What if we're going to see an ongoing sense of God's reviving presence in our midst, that that, that really is, that finds its longevity in the way that a people stewards personal revival. And today on Mother's Day, we're going to talk about stewarding revival in the home. A stewarding re- revival in, in our in the everyday uh, go, going and coming of the life of the home, and so Joy is going to be sharing that, particularly from a mother's point of view. And, and yet, at the same time, uh, I want us all to to leave this place with a fresh stirring for how can my home be a place that stewards the presence of God, the, the, the re- reviving of God for everybody that steps in. So how do I foster that with, with my kids? How do I foster that with my roommates? How do I foster that with my spouse or whatever it may be? Um, but I believe that God's gonna stir some of those things up for us today. And as a framework uh, for, for leading us into that, that, we're going to, to use a, 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 some three values or distinctions that we hold as a church. Three things that we want to characterize all that we do in, in the life of, of our church body. And that is encountering God life-on-life discipleship, and missions through the local church. Those are three distinctives that we feel like those that come and, and are a part of this fellowship will immediately recognize that if, if you're here, this you're like, yeah, that is that does encapsulate a lot of who we are and, and uh, what we want to be about. And so we're gonna use that framework to walk through what it looks like to steward revival in our homes. Because we can have vision statements and mission statements all day long as a church, and and yet if they do not enter into the, the daily living, if they do not enter into the, the home level of our lives, then they, they really aren't going to take root. It's just going to be something that we come and kind of every week or so are like, oh yeah, that, I like that vision statement. My, my church says that all the time, but no, is that something that I live? Is that something that's taking root in a way that it's, it's impacting my daily life? And so that really is our desire today is what does it look like? 
to cultivate revival in, in our homes. And so we're going to begin uh, with, the, with encountering God. And, and I could flip to really almost, almost any page in scripture and we could find uh, the, the truth of how our God is a God who meets with us who meets with people, who is looking for ways to encounter us that we might experience him. Uh, He is a God of pursuit. He is a God that is not distant and far off and unconcerned, but he is a God who draws near to us and intervenes and and even is willing to interrupt in the course of our everyday lives that we might know him and see him and, and be found by him. And so this is who our God is. But I've picked out just a specific passage there's not just a story of how God uh, invites us to not how God has uh, how people have experienced God but actually a specific invitation of God for us to come to him and so I want to read out of Isaiah chapter 55 verses 1 through 3 and I want us to receive this as an invitation from him this morning come all you who are thirsty Come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. And so there is an invitation from God to experience him, to come into his presence. And so Joy is going to share a little bit more about how, what does that look like in our homes? Yeah. So the interesting thing is, is that in our home, um, it's the hardest place to walk it out. Right? It's like, okay, I'm like, I can experience God at church and there's a band and I am with my family or I'm sitting with my friends and I am fully engaged and I'm not distracted and it it feels like a peaceful morning or in my life group or these different settings. But you get to the day in and day out of home life, whatever your home looks like, whether you have roommates or spouse or married, children, whatever your dynamic is of your home, to live that out and experience God and create environments where you and anyone that is in your home can encounter God is a whole different story, right? We have all the normal pressures of life and work and all these different dynamics. If there's kids raising kids and, and their experiences. And so, um, it's just a challenge. It is, it is no small thing to try to create environments in our home where we're going to encounter God and everybody that it's our, in our home is going to encounter God. But, um, uh, you know, I think, it, I think about it this way. What if we, in all of our different expressions, different personalities, that our homes all look very different if we were to walk into our home, but what if we all, as a church, every, every, every person that opens the door of their home all over this city had the intention of allowing anybody in their home to experience the presence of God? How would that change our home? How would that change our environment? How would we do things differently? Because we can't force an encounter with God on anyone. We can't make someone experience God. We can't make someone encounter God. But we for sure can set up an environment where everything is available for them to experience God. So with kids, as a mom here on Mother's Day, I'll give a kid's example. 
with kids that looks like, um, let's, let's figure out a way to where all my kids can experience God in their own personal way. So whether um, I'm helping them show them how to have their own Jesus time, how to experience God in a personal way with their Bible and with their journal and with worship music going, I can't force a Jesus time for them, but I can for sure give them all the tools and have this, this um, uh, desire and hope and prayer for them that they would experience God. Or, or maybe as a family or maybe as a, as a unit, whoever, whoever you're living with, roommates, what if you just had a, a random spontaneous worship night where you're going to, we have encounter nights at church. We have an encounter night at home. We're going to choose to encounter God together in our home. What would that look like? How could we do that? How could we walk that out? And then continually being in situations, taking our family and our close friends into situations and environments where we're going to experience God. So if there's revival stirring up that one Sunday that lasted till 3.30, I love that there were kids running around everywhere. Um, and sometimes they were like laying flat on their face, hands raised, worshiping. And sometimes they were like digging in the mints up here, trying to find, you know, it's, it was messy. It's not perfect, but having our family and our kids in environments where they're going to have to have the chance to encounter God. Maybe they don't have, maybe it doesn't happen every time, but continually having them in environments where they're, they're going to be able to encounter God and experience his presence. Amen. And I think as we, when we think about experiencing God and it, uh, there's something that flows out of that, like, okay, we have an encounter with God and there's something that, it, that we're filled up. And the next step in that is what does it look like for me to be a disciple, one who now walks with Jesus? So it's not from encounter to encounter, but we're learning to continually abide. We're, we're learning to, to, to walk in a way where we, we, are, we are led by by Jesus and led by his voice, we, uh, our, our, our lives begin to model Christ-likeness. It begins to, mo- it, to, to reflect the truth of the, the word of God. And so it goes uh, from, from encounter to, I want to walk this out. And, and that's a, a hallmark for us as a church because it was the ministry of Jesus, though he gave himself to doing many different things uh, amongst crowds and performing healings and miracles, signs and wonders. And uh, what we see him giving his primary investment to into is his 12 disciples. His expectation for the world to come to know who he was was not through the, the massive preaching to the crowds, but to the investment of a few that would have their lives transformed, that would then go and, and invest in others uh, that would, then those others would see how the transformation had taken place in, in the, those and it would just continue on. And so it's this, this lifestyle of, of uh, being a disciple of Jesus and making disciples of Jesus. And, and, uh, and so the, not only did, was that the model that Jesus gave to us, but it's what we were commissioned to do. And, and I want to read uh, what is known as, as the Great Commission uh, to us this morning um, out of Matthew 28, uh, beginning in verse 18, when Jesus came and he said this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." 
And as we think about the making of disciples and how that was actually Jesus's plan for evangelism was discipleship, not some great program or, or a mental ascent to a, a series of beliefs. It was the, the transformation of the human heart and, uh, and, and discipleship. And uh, though we are to take that to, to the uttermost parts of the earth, it begins in home. And so this is where the rub happens, right? It's one thing to say, okay, we're going to have an encounter night as, a, as in our home, or we're going to have our, our Jesus time in our home. Okay, actually, we're going to try to live day in and day out with a life surrendered to Jesus, with a life transformed. Like that's where it gets real, and that's where it gets really challenging. Whether you're with roommates or with a spouse or you're raising kids. And the challenge, the challenge of it is that we have all these things coming against us all the time. And I don't want the world to disciple me. I don't want the world to disciple my kids. I want Jesus to disciple me. And I want Jesus to disciple my kids. I want the word of God to be our plumb line. And I want the presence of God to be our plumb line. And so it's really hard when we have these things coming against us all the time. And so it's constant conversations. It's constant. If it's children, it's constant training and discipline. And this is the stuff where it costs us our life. This is the stuff where it feels like I'm going to have to pour all of it out. I'm going to have to surrender it all. As Yvonne said, this is going to be, as a mom, it's going to be a lifetime of pouring our life out to see our kids raised up in the way that they can walk with him all of their days. And one thing that I I get stirred by is um, uh, personally uh, by the the voice of God. Um, uh, There's a a verse in Isaiah uh, 30, 21 that says, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. So we have the voice of God to direct us, to lead us and guide us. It is there for us. He wants to speak to us. And so training um, myself and then training anyone in my home, walking that out together as a family or as a, as a home, we're going to live by the voice of God. We're not going to live by the things that we hear. We're not going to live by what our flesh feels. We're going to live by the voice of God and what he's saying over our lives. And so it, as, as, a, as a parent, I'm constantly training my kids, you can hear God's voice. He can speak to you. We don't know what to do in this situation, or you don't know how to handle that situation. Let's stop and ask God, what is he saying? How is he directing you? We know he speaks. We can hear his voice. Let's stop and listen, and let's live by the voice of God. The last uh, verse I want to read on that is from Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. It says, repeat them again and again to your children, or to yourself, or to, as, as, as husband and wife, or in your home. Talk about them when you're at home, and when you're on the road, and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up all the time we're talking about Jesus and what is he saying and what is he doing and how can he change us and how can he transform us these are the conversations that are on our lips and these are conversations we want to be having in our homes yeah, so we, we see a, a process here that, that we, we encounter God and there's something that's, that so grips our hearts that we want to start putting this into practice. Not a one-time experience, not waiting for the, the next encounter night or whatever. And so that's called discipleship. And we in, in that process, we experience God, God bringing change into our lives, a process of, of sanctification where he is working, working it through with us and we're learning and we're growing um, by faith and, and out of a desire to, to follow and to please Jesus. And then the natural overflow of that uh, 
as we experience joy and life in God, as we experience peace in his presence like we've never known peace before, the overflow is missional living. And, and when we're walking with him uh, in these ways, it actually, in many ways, ought to be the natural overflow of, I, I've got to let some people know about this. Like, and in some ways, it's the natural flow, not only because of what you're saying, but because people begin to notice there's something different about you. Like I've known you for a long time and, and you have opportunities to, to share what's different. You have opportunities to, to pray because people are are suffering in hopelessness and you used to be there, but now you have hope and you're like, man, can I pray hope for you and, and look for opportunities to share why you have hope. And so there's this natural overflow of, of that's called missional living of just like of ha- t- taking opportunities to share good news that has radically transformed your life as a disciple who's literally been transformed. Uh, the, the one who that you're like my whole life, I've been searching for peace and it's just escaped me. You know, I will have it by moments, but largely, and now I've found peace. And you meet somebody that is just is not living in peace and there's worry and there's anxiety. You're like, can I, can I share something with you that's changed me forever? The, the picture of this is, uh, that I wanna read for us is out of Romans 10, verses 13 through 15. First of all, it gives this promise that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When somebody comes to that place of recognizing I need to be saved from my sin, my, my shame and guilt, from, from my addictions, from, from myself, then when they call in the name of the Lord, they will be saved. They will find in Jesus a savior. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have never heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so one of the things that a discipleship does is it anoints your feet to be beautiful. There's just this anointing to have beautiful feet and that, that poetic picture of, of what good news does in the life of those who hear it that the, the, and, and the one who brings it, there is a, there is a beauty to it um, because who doesn't want to hear good news? And so there is a natural overflow and there's also intentionality, again, that begins in the home when we desire to be a people who live on mission. Uh, for me, this is the most fun part of walking with God. It's like the encountering God, the experiencing God is powerful. And it's, um, it, it's it, it literally, we can see differently once we've been in the presence of God. And then the life on life discipleship is is uh, transformative and can be painful and challenging as God re- literally um, uh, allows things to, to fall off of you um, and sin to, to be taken away that you'd walk in freedom. Um, so there's, there's some challenge there. But I think the missional living part is where um, we get to actually be who he's called us to be. We actually get to walk out in the things that he's made us for. Um, there's something that we talk about it a lot in our home, um, and that is I pray um, to, over my kids every day on the way to school. And that is, um, let's look out to the interests of others before our own. 
That's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to live self- selfless. We're going to think about others first. We live in a very me culture. Um, in America, that's just how we are. And I think today more than ever, it's um, this is my thing. I'm going to get my needs met. You think about kids. It's like this, these are my toys. This is my room. This is my place at the table. This is my seat on the, in the car. This is, these are my rights. You know, that's just how we operate. But, you know, that's not, that's not how God operates. That's not how he speaks to us. That's not how he encourages us to live. He's constantly encouraging us to to give it all away. Don't store up. You're going to lose it. It'll get stolen from you if you try to store up. If you save your life, you'll lose it. We see that and know that in scripture in Matthew. And so we want to be ones that in our homes with our families, we actually are willing to just give it all away. We're just going to pour our lives out because that's actually where the joy is. That's actually where the life is, is from giving it all away. And so it's this shift in our worldview. It's not we're waking up in the morning and thinking, how can I get my needs met and what do I need? Um, and for our kids, um, they're, you know, them thinking about this, this, this is their, uh, their world is about them. I realize in every stage of development, um, you see something about like when they're little, they're egocentric. They only know their own little world. And um, when they're teenagers, it's like the narcissistic stage. They're completely self-consumed. Well, that actually kind of goes on into life, right? Into adulthood. We're still kind of self-consumed naturally. But what if we gave it all away? What if we lived our life missionally? And um, I I think about it in, in the context of of our, of our kids. Like, what if you found the kid at the lunch table that was sitting by themselves and you went and sat with them? That's missional living. That's a different worldview. That's looking out to the interest of others before your own. Or, or what if you reached out to the new neighbor that's, that's come into your neighborhood? Or, or what if you're, you're thinking about, um, how, how can you, um, uh, ex- extend yourself beyond what feels comfortable. And um, our favorite way to do that as a family, and we've done that a ton as a church, as you hear, we have a hundred people going out over overseas um, this summer. And um, our favorite thing to do as a family is to actually be on mission together it, it, overseas or even stateside. We're going to actually go, we're going to take um, take our family and we're going to, instead of vacation or whatever, we're going to go and we're going to tell people about Jesus on the other side of the world. I, there were some teenagers at our house the other day and a couple of them were talking um, about remembering this trip to Indonesia. And that was like one of their top, most exciting times they'd ever had in their life was this time where they went on mission to Indonesia. And yeah, there was the stomach bug and yeah, there were, they they didn't speak the language. And yeah, there were some different things that were really hard and there's no normal food and all these things, but they were like, let's do that again. Like, can we go do that again? They were, and the other kids that were in the room that didn't, weren't a part of it. They're like, Hey, how do we sign up for that? I want to do that. So that's where the joy is when we're giving our life away on mission. Amen. So you kind of have this, this picture of, uh, of the encountering God is that you are receiving something. And when you receive something, that's fun. I mean, that we, we love to receive. And so we're, we're, we're meeting God and we're receiving just his kindness and his goodness and his, his pleasure, his identity. You know, we're encountering God uh, and receiving from him. And, uh, and then the discipleship is like, okay, we've received this gift. Now, how do you, how do you use it? How do you? How do I apply it to my everyday life? And so we're we're reading the we're reading the instructions and we're figuring out. Okay, this is how I walk that out in life. And then the then as Joy said, the joy then is then giving it away. What you've ever, the things that you've received, the things that you're learning. And now you know, as they always say, it's it's better to give than to receive. So it's like now we get to give it away, and there is great joy in doing so. 
And so that's the opportunity that, that we have is to, to be a, a family that not only is a church family that believes these things and likes the ring of them, but, but actually brings them into our home and says, God, would you bring revival into our home? Would you help us to steward revival in, in, this, in this space and in this place that everybody that would step in to here would encounter you? They would see that there is a, a life lived differently, that they would find in this place a sanctuary. They would see the beauty of the Lord in this sanctuary and that you would be honored and pleased. And so I want to invite you to stand with us and we're just going to have a, a time of response here. And there, there's a few different things that we want to lead you into. I want to ask Joy to first pray again for the moms in this room. We feel like there's just some specific things that God's wanting to highlight to pray and believe for moms in the room as, as well as then to kind of transition to praying o- over any of us that have just been stirred uh, for, for making our home uh, a place that's a, it's a sanctuary that is a place where God is honored by the way that we're encountering him, uh, living a life of discipleship and, and living missionally. Yeah, so as I pray, we're just gonna close, uh, close our eyes. And I specifically am gonna start with um, just a few, few words for our moms in the room. And if you feel comfortable, I just encourage you to kind of open your hands and just receive. I think there's just some prophetic words God's wanting to speak out over us today. And the first one, I feel like God is, is saying over you is you are a good mom. You are a good mom. And we stand against every lie that would come against that truth. Thank you, Lord. I ask that um, in the ways the enemy has lied or there's been seeds of doubt that have come in through different situations or experiences or because a, a certain child is, is responding a certain way. And um, we say today, Lord, that you're speaking over every mom in the room. You're a good mom. Thank you, God. And then secondly, I say over you, moms, that there will always be a way through. There's some impossible situations in front of some of us. There's some things that feel like all I see is darkness in front of me. But hear heaven speaking over you today that there is a way through. I just see him clearing the way right now. He's literally going ahead of you and he's making a way. So for every mom in the room, there's a way through. And then lastly, I just say um, over these moms that there is no weapon that will be formed against them that will prosper in Jesus' name. There is no weapon that will be formed against them that will prosper. And I extend that word also to your children, that there is no weapon that will be formed against them that will prosper in Jesus' name. I just see uh, uh, angels uh, at the um, corners of, of your homes, guarding, protecting your home. 
There is nothing, there is no evil that's going to that's gonna come against you that's going to prosper in Jesus' name. You're protected and you're safe. And he's going to do it in Jesus' name. I just pray over all of us. I just had this picture as I was preparing that um, I just saw our homes, like they're kind of almost like a Google Maps um, uh, picture. And I just saw these fires on the roofs of all these homes all throughout our city. Um, and I feel like God's saying, these are the homes of the families in this church. There is a fire that is being ignited as we steward revival in our homes. There is a fire and that fire is gonna spread as we steward it with our spouse and with our roommate and with our children and with anybody that walks in in the door of our home. Um, As we steward that, that fire is gonna go all over our city. It's gonna literally spread all over our city. It's gonna spread all over our nation that everywhere we go and everywhere the, 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 the Spirit of God um, is, is leading that, that there's gonna be a fire that is stirred and that fire is gonna to go to the nations of the earth. And so we thank you that the fire that we're stewarding in our home is not just for us, it's not just for our family, God, but it is for your kingdom and for your glory that you would be made known throughout the earth in Jesus' name. I want to invite our ministry team to come on up here to the front right now. And we're just going to continue to respond. If there's some of these things that Joy was praying out over you, that it was just stirring you, that God was ministering to you, and you feel like he's not done, we invite you to come forward to the front. As always, the front's open up for you to come and respond to God. We've got our ministry team here that would love to pray for you. Uh, if we feel like there's just a an, an anointing for breakthrough today, I was picturing like on the front of a ship, there's, uh, there's the breaker, uh, like wave breakers or ice breakers that can go on the front to make the front of the ship able to cut through and, and, and to get through the storm or get to the other side safely and just feel like today there's a there's an opportunity there's a um, an invitation to break through and so if you're feeling like I need that <laughs> I'll receive that then come forward and receive a prayer this morning I, I believe that there's others in the room that God is inviting you to come home today He's inviting you to come home. Maybe you haven't had relationship with God before and you're hearing about peace and joy and maybe even being here today feels a little uncomfortable. You're not used to being in church, but there's something strangely comforting about him and his presence. And I believe that that's God just welcoming you home to allow him to be a father to you today. And so if that's you, we'd love to talk with you or pray for you. Anyone up here can do that or you can talk to someone that you came with. Um, But let's respond to him in the ways that he's leading. And finally, I would say this. We know that on Mother's Day, there's a lot of joy. There's a lot of honor and celebration, but there can also be heartache. Yvonne spoke to, to, to one of the elements of that for women in the room who long to be mothers and haven't had that opportunity, uh, whether uh, they, they're unmarried or whether they've been un- unable to have children with their husbands. And it's just a place of grief and sorrow. And today is a hard day for you. Know that our God is the God of all comfort and he wants to comfort you today. And again, if you'd like prayer for that, we'd love to pray for you. There's others in the room that uh, are, are missing their moms today. And there's just a place of heartache because she's not with you anymore. 
maybe some moms in the room that have a strained relationship with a child or a, a child in the room with a strained relationship with their mother just makes today hard. And God wants to meet with you, but whatever it might be, let's not leave this place without responding to God.